there it is. The greatest advance in television since color television itself. Okay, boys, here we go. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another Bomb Watches, Cowboy Bebop. This is episode 10, and I am one of your hosts, Brad Anderson. And with me, as always, is someone who would definitely turn over the tortoise baking in the sun. That is Troy Sauer. Troy, how are you, sir? Doing great. I'm I'm kind of excited because this is episode 10. That means we've watched 20 episodes, but I'm also kind of sad because I know the end is getting closer. But I'm really excited about, about talking about tonight because... I've been holding this in for a while, so it's been a while. Yes, yeah. um, and with me also is the man who actually killed evil tonight, Sammy from the GGTMC. Congratulations, right. Sammy! You did it. Good job, I have man. achieved it. Yes, achievement bonus. I have definitely yes. done it. Michael if, Myers is no more. <laughs> if they do not end Halloween ends with evil died tonight, yeah, they have ruined you. the whole series. Yes. I gotta call Danny McBride. I gotta, I gotta let him know. If the head doesn't come off, he's not a robot either. And a blue laser doesn't shoot out, then they've also screwed up. Yeah. Slow pan to Jamie Lee Curtis over Will Patton, who's still in bed, and <laughs> she'll say, "Evil died tonight." Then there we go. That's it. That's the end of the movie. The end of the series. How is how is one of the worst left. movies we've seen this year? We still talk about it weeks later. <laughs> That should tell you something, man. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, whatever, it's man. It's a Halloween movie. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, but we are not here to talk about Halloween. We are here to talk about Cowboy Bebop and more specifically discuss Session 19, Wild Horses, and Session 20, uh, Perot La Fleur, which is as well done, best man. as I'm going to do is my, my French. Yeah, I took German in high school. Yeah. Um, before we get started... Gentlemen, as we record this, we are just days away from the Netflix uh, live action Cowboy Bebop. Oh, I was going to ask you a question about that. Okay. So I was going to ask you a question, but interrupt and go right ahead. Yeah, sure. I'm going to interrupt ahead, real quick um, because I'm so excited about it. Do do we need to finish this series before we watch See, that's the live why we're action? Friends, buddy, because I was going to ask the same thing. I think we need to finish this. I am willing to uh, save myself for you guys Aww. and uh and uh waits till we are done with this because i was thinking about it there's plenty of stuff to watch and yeah. there's plenty of movies to watch that i will be just fine and i'm not an internet guy so i'm not going to get it spoiled so i'm willing to wait save myself for a special occasion with you guys okay um, yeah. yeah i'm always willing to wait because uh, I'm, I'm never i'm very rarely uh Johnny on the spot when it comes to anything media related. <laughs> now, if you wanted me to like wait for like the book of Boba Fett or something like that, you're crazy. But for this, I will wait. With you <laughs> well, the thing about book of Boba Fett too is, you know, if you waited three weeks for that, you probably only have four episodes out. Whereas yeah, yeah. Cowboy Bebop's all going to drop at once. Right. Cause that's Netflix's model. So that's that is their model. Sadly, um, which, you know, makes it come and go so fast, but 
Yeah, we uh, will we will cover that on this feed um, as it as we feel necessary. We do have to get through uh, six more after today, plus a movie um, and cool. maybe like a recap show. But yeah, we'll we'll be there. We will be there. Okay, good, good. good. All right. I'm not I'm not upset about that. Any of that. All of that sounds good. I still have the trailer. I've watched it like eight eight. Teen times now. I don't know. Yeah. Love, Landon love and I trailer. watched the trailer the other day. So. And may I, I haven't really commented much on it, but may I have to say Jet Black is like maybe the perfect casting of perfect casting. It's yes. Him. Yes. It's the chef's kiss. Uh, I was going to say Ayn looks really screen <laughs> accurate. Does, yes. Yeah. Yes. Can you imagine uh, if they would have cast another dog? <laughs> <laughs> A poodle. <laughs> Just like some golden retriever. They're like, what the hell? Or that stupid dog from The Artist, whatever that dog's name was. That was yeah. a famous dog there for a while. And there'll be a serious interview with the creator saying, well, we really wanted to go in a different way with the dog. Yeah. it's <laughs> exactly what would happen. Okay. Are we ready to get into Wild Horses? Stones. Sure. Rolling Stones. Yeah. Yay. Okay. <laughs> I I think mm, I'm not a big Rolling Stones guy. Does that make me What? <laughs> I mean, they're I mean, fine. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm well. So Troy, obviously, of the three of us, is the Rolling Stones guy. I'm not a big Rolling Stones guy either. I mean, I appreciate them and everything else, but don't yeah, love them. yeah, I think I'm on the same level as that. I think you're like either a, you're a Beatles guy or you're a Stones guy. Beatle, I'm a Beatle. Yeah, all and yeah, I'm yeah. a Beatle guy too. Yeah, I'm I don't Stones. think there's anything wrong. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with being a Stones guy. I, the but, Beatles are okay, but the Stones now the Stones are awesome. Mm. So just flip that, and it's the same thing. I would say. <laughs> yes, exactly. I would say the same thing. The Beatles. I mean, the Stones were okay, but the Beatles. Yeah, so you guys are crazy. Um, okay. While Jet and Faye try to capture pirates, Spike visits his old friend uh, for a overhaul on the swordfish. Um, full disclosure: we had a little pre-discussion before this uh, recording started. We all wanted to get to episode twenty. It seemed like. We wanted to get through this one as quick as possible. So maybe we'll try to do that. But uh, Troy, <laughs> give me your initial reaction to episode 19, Wild Horses. Uh, it was really cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. Okay. Uh, Sammy, no, Troy, come on, buddy. I know uh, you took ample amounts of notes. Let's hear them. I, <laughs> I had a lot of fun with it. I'll, I'll say this. I had a lot of fun with it. It is an action-packed episode. I, I feel it's all very surface level. And yeah. I, again, I think after leaving off with this Buddhist-type episode with Faye, you, you need a little um, sugar, you know, and, and just something that's a lot of fun. And I got to say, out of all the episodes so far, this probably has the best spaceship battle sequences we've seen. I mean, I, I had a lot of fun with them trying to capture these pirates, but I love the fact that it starts there and you you get, you know, Spike with that famous quote, whatever happens, happens, and it starts to turn into like this disaster film. And uh, I mean, it's for the most part, it's just it's wall to wall action and you you I don't know, it's, it's just a lot of fun. I mean, it's it's. I, I don't know what to say about it. I, I I love the fact that they kind of use the Columbia Space Shuttle, which I didn't expect that to happen. And visually, it's super impressive. Uh, but I mean, it, there's just not much depth to it, which is not a bad thing. Like I I felt 
this episode was kind of what I was going to get into when you suggested uh, this series to begin with, because whenever I saw trailers of the animated series, I kind of felt like, oh, it's just going to be them chasing down bad guys and it was going to be action, action. I didn't expect a lot of the depth that we got in like the, the 18 episodes leading up to this. So it was nice to see that when it just comes to like an action episode um, that that they could deliver and it was exciting. Now, I would still classify it as like tier two. It, it didn't have the depth of a tier one episode. But again, I don't think that's a bad thing. I, I really had a lot of fun with it. And I like the fact that um, just watching everybody kind of work together and watching kind of Spike have this self-doubt and then um, I, I noticed these little, I don't know what you want to call it, like details that I thought were really cool, like him drawing on the windshield for trajectory, I guess, or trying to line himself up. It, it's those little details that just made that episode interesting. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I wish I had more to say about it the way that we were, you know, went into this whole Buddhist discussion uh, the last time we got together. But I'm, I'm kind of glad it was more, you know, just a fun episode. Yeah, Sammy. Um, this is probably, I like this episode, but I, I got to say, this is probably my least favorite episode since episode three. Was that the gambling episode? Was that the casino episode, I believe? Yeah, the, intro, the phase introduction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But there's something in here that I wanted so much more of. And that's his relationship with the old man. And I felt like I got some of it, but I still felt like I was left quite, quite, it was quite vague. And so I don't know how I felt about that. Well, that's what this show does a lot is le- leaving you wanting more backstory and more story. It, it, it'll introduce a character like that. You'll see like, oh, there's some sort of connection here. I want to know about that. And they kind of leave it as is and, and don't yeah. harp on it Wait too long or long at all. Yeah. It's a weird episode because it's one of those ones where I want to like it a lot because it's got everything I like. It's got, you know, some of the surface stuff. It's a little, you know, Mad Max like again, or maybe even fallout like in some ways. Um, I like the old man character. I like the design of the old man character. He's kind of a steampunky kind of, uh, I don't know why I can't think of an actor. He looks like Donald Sutherland in some weird way. It's funny you bring up fallout. Cause he does the thumb, up motion there for a oh, second yeah. and then you're like and, and i don't know do you know do you know what that actually is in fallout i don't know so okay. if in the in a they, what they said in a nuclear fallout is if you could uh put your thumb up out and and squint and cover up the mushroom cloud then you were a safe distance away from the explosion which is totally <laughs> incorrect um, Science. If you can see the explosion, you're <laughs> yeah. too close to it. But I always thought, hey, the guy's giving the thumbs up. It's actually a a way to measure to see if you're too close to a uh, nuclear explosion. Yeah. Um, I don't. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't follow that science if I saw one. <laughs> yeah, I'd be, I'd be <laughs> if you see a mushroom way. cloud, yeah. If you see a mushroom, I don't know how much running you can do either. I mean, yeah, you're probably unfortunately, you're, if you, you told me that, like, I'd be like, yeah, that makes <laughs> sense to me, man. <laughs> what kind of superpowers am I going to get? Oh, yeah, my gonna, teeth are falling out. Yeah, I'm gonna go down to the theater room before I die. <laughs> see if I can get one last film in. <laughs> it won't be Heaven's Gate. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I enjoyed aspects of it, but there's an there's an irritating character here. 
the uh, I have to say it this way. It makes, every time you say this nowadays, it's just the world we live in. Miles. Yeah, Miles, the African-American character in here. At first, I was like, okay, I kind of like Miles. And then, like Spike, Miles wouldn't shut up. <laughs> yeah. Miles is starting to get on my nerves a little bit. He was funny, and I liked him enough to, to care. And I like the whole blue socks thing. Yeah, the baseball aspect of it. Yeah. It's nice to know that in the future, baseball is still around. Yeah, that's one of the good things. About I feel it. like there was a lot of baseball references in this. Yeah, the, the three guys are named George, Herman, and Ruth. Yeah, yeah, I caught which that. Which is obviously a Babe Ruth reference. Um, I think that's the only one I... I've... Well, I mean, baseball is huge in Japan, right? Probably the only other... Oh, well, yes, yeah. yes, huge. yes. It's a big deal over there, just like it... Well, like it used to be here. It's not as big a deal as it used to be. Um, but, um, I like the space battle Troy mentioned is very good. Um, maybe one of the best, um, they really do a lot of space battles in this. I, I think I overlook them sometimes. I know I bring them up a lot, but I think I overlook the fact that they really rely heavily on the action there. Of course, I love space pirates because it just makes total sense, right? If we could all move around in outer space, certainly there would be a criminal element out there, um, because there'd be a lot of ways to get away. But that feels like it kind of goes nowhere either in some ways. It kind of feels like it's just there for Jet Black and Faye to kind of have something to do. And it's just a weird episode. It, it really is, to me, the definition of a filler episode because everybody's got like a little something to do, but nobody really progresses anywhere, I felt. Like Faye's no, Faye's no better. We don't learn nothing more about her. Jet Black, he just kind of hangs out a little bit. Ed's doing her thing. And even Ayn's not really doing much in this episode, so... I don't know. It's it's it was a it was a weird one. Yeah, it, might get the, be, it might be my least favorite episode of the whole series. Yeah, we get the backstory of the swordfish, and that's kind of it. <laughs> Which you know, and, and the spike in the uh, Duhan's relationship. You know, there's obviously something there. Um, I'll piggyback off of Sammy and say definitively, this is my least favorite episode. Um, I'm never a hundred percent on board with it. I don't dislike it at all. It's still yeah. an enjoyable episode. Yeah. Um. It's just the one, even this is probably my third or fourth time seeing this one. It doesn't get better with age or seeing it multiple times. It just is what it is, which is totally fine. The thing that stood out to me more uh, this time was the CGI spaceship that they fly up to. Mm -hmm. The circular one uh, looks really bad and I don't like it. Um, and they rely a little bit more on the CGI stuff coming up in the last little bit. Um I don't know if it was like a money thing or a time thing, but their reliance on CG like aspects of the show uh, kind of ramp up. There's even some in the next one in episode 20. Um, it's kind of disappointing because the hand-drawn stuff is, is pretty good. Um, obviously there's some things that lack detail and, and things like that, but, um, and then they, but then they do like this, an amazing space battle scene and it's all hand-drawn and looks amazing. And you're like, Oh, that's awesome. But there's that's which makes the that spaceship stand out even more. Um, yeah, I, I'm with Sammy. Like, there's just there's nothing offensive about this episode. There's nothing bad about it. It just is what it is, um, and it just kind of exists. And that's like the most I can say about it. It's fine. Like, if I see it on TV, I would definitely watch this one. And it's nothing that I hate or anything like that. It's just it's just minimal in the, what it does with to the story and moving our characters along this journey. Um, 
I think it makes sense when you know where we are. So after episode 17, uh, or no, I'm sorry, 18, and then where we go in 20, I think if you're looking at it like a good pacing for a TV show, this is probably a good one to have because the next one is kind of out there. And so having three episodes in a row like that in a TV show, maybe they thought, I, I don't know. I don't know if they planned this stuff out like that enough to where it's like, well, we're going to have this episode and this episode. So we needed one that's kind of a little bit of a filler episode and kind of light and fluffy. I'm assuming they do, right? Don't you think that that's got to be in the way you plan out? It's like an album. It's like putting tracks on an album. Like I think there, you have there, to feel that stuff out. There's one aspect that I do like. So I, I agree with you that for a majority of it is filler. However, I I do think you get to see a little bit more of Spike's kind of core character in this one, especially, you know, it kind of goes back to that. What's he going to do when the chips are down, when he sees himself in a situation that he just can't get out of? And he's okay with dying. Yeah, he just he I, has that whatever I'm, happens, yeah. happens kind of thing. And then yeah. it takes this, you know, past relationship for him to... Um, you know, he gets a little bit of a pep talk and then he's like, well, I, I guess we'll go for it kind of thing. It, it's this sort of it. I don't know. Sp- Spike, I up until this episode, I kind of thought was all calm, cool and collected. And he would have his moments where emotion would get the best of him, especially when the Julia character gets mentioned and he runs off and does something. But even in those moments, I never really thought he was in that much danger you know, especially after they pull that whole, he got shot, but it was really like a sleeping bullet or whatever, you know. So up until this episode, there was a hint of, oh, he might actually be in danger a little bit. And it was a comment that you made to Brad that um, in the mushroom episode, the shiitake mushroom one, you said that, you know, he's on the slow climb to what might be like his death or demise or something. And that comment's kind of stuck with me a little bit. Like, hey, is 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 he really, as a character, doing that? And I, I got a hint of that with this one where he's he's floating out there in space. He's going to burn up. And he's like, well, I, I guess this is how it's going to end. And he's not mad about it. He's just kind of acceptance of, of what his fate is. So Does he I, start smoking a cigarette at yeah, that point in time? I almost feel like he's just waiting for that moment. Like he knows it's coming and he's just waiting for that moment. And then at the last minute, he's like, well, I guess it's not this moment and I'm going to try this. So I, I think there was a comment that you made that maybe helped me read a little bit more into this episode, which is you're, you're seeing Spike as um, maybe a little bit of a dangerous character for the team. Because he's just, uh, I, I don't know, he's <laughs> hes not pragmatic. He's just going to go out there and do it. And he has that whatever happens, happens. And I don't, I don't know if that's carelessness or bravado or, or what that is. But you're starting to see a side of him where you're like, wow, there's a little bit of a self-destructive side um, that's starting to come through. Mm. It's interesting. It's interesting, too, to talk about that in, in light of what happens in the next episode where he seems very much motivated to survive. So, I mean, I know we'll talk about that in a little bit, but it it just seems like Spike kind of, he definitely is this, he's almost like Matthew McConaughey caricatures in this kind of laid back, hey man, you know, kind of beachy kind of guy way because he just, 
sometimes he just kind of laid back about whatever happens, happens. And then sometimes it seems like he, he really, really cares. Like he really gets involved. Well, so I have a question, like in comparison to this episode, to the other episode, um, and this may, this may make more sense when we get into the detail of 20, but since we're watching these together, is it that spike cares and wants to survive or does spike want to win? So I think those are two different things. Like I think spike wants to win. Mm. And if he ends up dying as a result of that, I think he's okay with that as long as he wins. Mm. Yes. I don't want to give you my full answer right now because it kind of goes into the next one, but yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no no bounty in either of these episodes, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they don't have to do what they do in either of these episodes. The hackers, they, they want to get back at them um, because of what they did. The pirates are hackers in this instance. Um, and it's all like kind of revenge sort of deal. Uh, the next episode is kind of the same way. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're totally right. Um, and there's a reason why Spike kind of can't walk away from some of this stuff, which will, will be revealed later on. Um, there is some closure to that. So if you're hoping that, uh, you kind of get an explanation for that stuff, it, it does come. Um, so you're right on Troy. Yeah, yep. and, and I, I like I said, I if I had watched this episode on its own, I would have probably been like, yeah, it, it's pretty, right? There's some cool space battles. It's it's what I would expect anime to be. But, you know, the brilliance of this series is this episode in context to the next one and even some stuff that comes before it, uh, even, on, even though these look very surface level, I think you're getting a little bit of character development and you're starting to understand a character like Spike, even in these moments of adversity, and you start to dissect it a little bit and go, I know he cares about this crew, but at the same time, how much of his ego is going to get in the way of that care? And, yeah. and I see his ego on display in this episode and I think the next one big time. Yeah, I think it's I think it's all there. I just think the difference is with this episode, I just think they kind of dropped the ball with the other characters. I, I, I agree a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's not as full, it's not as fully rounded or developed as the other episodes. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think that even it's, and you, I don't know if I'd agree with you guys. I mean, to me, I, I agree. It's not my favorite that we've seen, but yeah. I, I still enjoyed it a lot. I just, yeah. e- even when this thing is just not firing on all cylinders, it's like, wow, that's still really good TV. To be fair, I still think this is like an eight out of ten episode. To be perfectly uh, yeah. honest with you, yeah. I mean, I watched it twice, so <laughs> yeah. I didn't. I didn't fast forward through the second time I watched it, so it's very watchable, and I enjoyed it. Uh, and if I was to go back and watch the series again, I'd watch this episode again. I wouldn't skip it. Yep. Uh, saying it's the least favorite episode is like saying it's the. It's my, I don't know, least favorite Kurosawa. I don't. I don't, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> no, I'm that's, that's good. Yeah. I mean, it, it's 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 a well made show, and even a. A bit of a letdown. I don't want to say letdown, but a bit of a lesser episode is still very entertaining here. And I still I still think you get a lot. I just I think I've become so enraptured by the camaraderie of this crew. And it's it's something that all shows do, especially shows on spaceships and uh, you know, Star Trek did it, uh, Firefly did it, they all do it. Or they'll have the uh you know, the Yahura episode, or they'll have the and they'll kind of get away from everything. And then sometimes they just drop the ball in those episodes. They Sometimes they're great. Like sometimes there's a, a great episode about 
whatever character, but this time it's just there's one good of, episodes of Star Trek. I kid, I kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh boy, here um, comes the internet. I know. Here we go. Now watch out. That's a that's an internet hot topic. Yeah, forever. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, I just I think, and it's not because I don't like Spike because I love Spike. I think he's my, probably my second favorite character on the show, or uh, runs close with Faye in a lot of ways. Um, and I like when we get to see him because I always think it's going to progress to this flashback that still got me peaked and still got me curious as to what's going on. It just felt like, I mean, if there was ever a time when all the three other characters were in the background, this is the most background they get to me. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes like when you separate our crew, that's not as fun. You know, I want these, everyone to be in the same location, doing the same thing, fighting the same bad guys. And here you're kind of that way, but they're, you know, spikes, you know, down on earth and they're in space and all this stuff. So, yeah, I, I, I sometimes splitting up the crew is good and sometimes it doesn't work. And and again, this one is totally fine. I, I just, and, and you're right. Like if I do another rewatch, like I'm not skipping this episode, but this, the one of the, the high points for me is going back and rewatching this, having some time between the last time I watched it is everything is aged really well and gotten better with time. This is the one where it's just like, ah, it's still fine. I don't yeah. like it any more or any less, but it hasn't gotten better. Every other episode I think we've watched, I've enjoyed more this time than I did the last time. Yeah. Um, and that that's not, might not be fair because like I'm experiencing with, with you guys, but this is the one that's just like, ah, it's still fine. Still fine. Yeah. yeah I, I would say if somebody like came into the series on this episode, it wouldn't wow them. It would be like, oh, that's that's pretty good anime, but it's it's not like some of the other ones where it's uh, e- even if there's not like that depth or emotional um, journey within those twenty plus minutes, uh, and it's just fun and visually impressive, etc. It it's not going to keep you going with it. It's just going to be like, oh, it's it's just good anime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't really, I, I don't really have much more to add about it. It's just, I mean. I, I got to say this, though. Do you think that maybe when they get on a planet, maybe they could have some some lush green grass and some <laughs> trees? And they just really don't. He really doesn't. Uh, the uh, the creator here really does not care for that. I mean, I, I, it's fine. I just be nice to mix it up every now it's and then. It's dystopian everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. The galaxy is just all. Every screwed. planet That's looks what happens like Mars. When you let the corporations take over. <laughs> yeah. It looks like either the outback or it looks like uh, California. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Mad Max is just waiting in this universe. Um, okay, let's move to the task at hand and talk about episode 20 or session 20, Parole La Flo, which is Spike witnesses a homicide by a deranged serial killer who then goes after him with a full barrage of weapons. Uh, Sammy, I will start with you this time. So this is what I like when this show does. The, I, this is, I, it might it might be my new favorite episode. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> okay, uh, I, I will I will go ahead and say this is my favorite episode we've watched so far. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's mine too. I watched it twice as well. And this one is uh, equal parts horror, insanity, uh, action-packed. I mean, there's so many gunshots in this episode. Oh, oh my yeah. God. 
It's did cramped. you all get like watching the, the replacement killers? Yeah, did you all get the Batman animated series vibe as oh, much as so I did with this? It, here, here's the note I wrote. If Stanley Kubrick had directed a Batman the Animated Series episode, this yeah, is what like it would the, turn the into. The Killing Joke or whatever, like this is what this would be. Yeah, but th- this is this has a so Sammy had touched on the horror element. I I it's there, but I almost feel like it's more of like a Clockwork Orange Kubrickian element done in a Batman the Animated Series universe. Yeah, because our 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 baddie here, Tong Poo, is that his name? Tong Poo, is that? Is that his yep, name? Yep. Yeah, I think so. Yep. Uh, I, th- I think that's what I got. Also right known there. as Perot. Yeah, Perot or Tong Poo. Um, he's got a madman's face. He's got the, he's it's essentially, he's essentially a Joker-esque character. Yeah, and so a penguin like, body, really. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. a penguin body. He almost looks like a, like a walking top. Like, you know, like one of those tops you used to spin, but Brad might be too young for that. <laughs> <laughs> the, the wooden tops me and Troy used to play with when there was no electricity. <laughs> <laughs> with the rocks tell me about jacks guys <laughs> before we went to the outhouse marble, play with, tell me about the times you play with marbles let me tell you about a hula hoop Ooh. <laughs> yeah, frisbee. Sti- what about what a stick you? in the wheel or whatever did yeah. you all play with that uh, that was for the rich kids yeah. oh. when jarts hit we went insane oh my god got banned. yes wait <laughs> we throwing what, is at a each j- other. what is a jart you don't know what a jart <laughs> is no his, he, they wouldn't. Remember, they they took him off the oh, market, right? So think of it as like a. Um, so this you had is a like circle. one of the greatest episodes of TV history. We're talking about jars, yeah. but anyway. So you, go ahead. You put a circle in the yard, and you had this um, big metal arrow with oh, like lawn a, darts. Yeah, like a lawn dart. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But these were these these had a. I, I can't describe it. But they had a a point on them that was roughly it's like a javelin it's like a javelin. it was like a small javelin yeah yeah okay. like, like two a to three dart. inch long point yeah yeah and you had to throw them up in the air to get in the circle or throw them at your friends <laughs> yeah whichever or, yeah well what what was happening was and i know this because i did this and this is just you know my son might listen to this one day and say you know your dad was crazy too when he was a kid but what would happen is kids would get together and they just throw them in the air and then they'd scatter yeah and then there'd be all these news reports of kids throwing them in the air and it's like Getting one stuck right in her brain. I don't know if anybody ever died from a jarred injury. I died. But if they hit I, someone, yeah. someone had to have. But it, well, I, I know they could do some damage. I did get hit with one before because they had a counterweight on the end. Of yes. Them. There was a, a long tip and then there was a counterweight on the end. And then the rest of it was just all plastic with some like plastic. Uh, it's like, it looked like a big dart. Yeah. It looked like a big dart. And that fin would slide up and down, right? So you could throw yeah. it real high and the fin would stay down. And then when it started coming down, that thing would spin and slow it down, hopefully. Yeah. Anyway, so we, okay. we did we did those in between the bouts of the Red Rider BB gun wars when we were shooting each other BB guns. So <laughs> they, they they take jarts off the market, but they still sell BB guns and uh, Chinese de- or you know throwing stars. And oh, yeah, don't get me producers. started on that, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're just like, hey, you know, we'll just move to the next most dangerous thing. Anyway, <laughs> um, but he's this kind of um, kind of Harlequin, not not Harlequin. I don't know what. He looks like something. I don't know what. Almost like a nutcracker, like a fat nutcracker doll or something. It's this really bizarre creation, this Tong Poo character. And at first, so the episode opens and it's very, very, very stylized. It's very much, it's kind of got this animation. It's almost like pausing. So I, I read, I read, and this is not mine, uh, the Batman villain Tally Man. I don't know if you're, rec- if you see the weapon, Tally Man weapons after guy or something. Say what? He's a weapons guy or weapons mm-hmm. villain? Yeah. 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 He's like an old-fashioned tax collector. Yeah. Um, 
That must so, be early Batman. Early Batman. If you if you go back and read those early Batmans, pretty rough. Uh, I think he's like early nineties. Um, I don't know. But anyway, that. I'll look into that. I, I think he's an Alan Grant guy, so that's probably mm. you know says a lot. Well, I mean, well, he's you know he's just a strange character and a strange creation. And of course, I've often said this about movies and stuff. Some of my favorite things is I don't need characters to look realistic. Uh, that's not what it's about. It's about telling the story. So the characters can look however they want to look. As a matter of fact, the more grotesque or kind of insane they look sometimes, the better. Um, it just kind of adds an element to the character itself. And Tong Pu here, or Pierre, or Pio, or Perot, or however you want to say his name, he's got this kind of Mad Hatter hat. He's got this maniac laugh that's just amazing. It's it's like, it, I mean, it's great. It's awesome. Like, <laughs> You know, over and over. Wow, that's good. <laughs> over and over again. He's got this very square jaw, you know, that just kind of looks like a clamping uh, jaw. I'm doing hand gestures for those who are listening to this by audio. We can see each other. But, um, and then he's got an umbrella gun. Uh, so it's none of it is reality, really. It's almost all complete fantasy. And I love that aspect of it. I also love that, like I said, Spike feels like he's he, he's almost like a hero here. And he does some very heroic things. But also the episode is kind of grotesque and kind of cruel in a weird way. Uh, they kind of get into the origin of the Tong Fu character. And there's nothing but cruelty there. Um, and then, you know, tying him, this violent character, to an amusement park. Uh, there's, a, there's a level of kind of metaphorical cruelty to that. And then, of course, what happens to the Tong Fu character, which is just, you know, it's just... I don't know. It makes me laugh, but it also makes me think, Jesus Christ. I mean, I, you know, I, I didn't think they'd go there. And uh, they went there, and I like that. But he is clearly one of the biggest scene stealers of all 20 episodes we've watched. And he's just great. I mean, I, I love everything about him. I never could quite understand, though, when he would get shot. I didn't really understand what his suit was doing. So I don't know if you guys got a take on that or not. It seems like when stuff would hit him, it almost looked like Pam Greer in 1999 or something like, you know, it was like an energy field around. Yeah. It. I thought it was like a force field or something. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially. Yes. Yeah. I, uh, I guess that's what it was like his jacket or his costume was some type of protecting uh suit for him, but he is a lot of fun. And he, again, he's almost horrific because he's kind of creeping around. He's this big guy. Doesn't make very much uh noise, uh, except when he starts firing off his limitless bullets and his umbrella gun. And I mean, like I said, I, I was watching this episode. Lana came in and goes, "What are you watching? Like a war movie?" <laughs> <laughs> I said, "No, I'm watching this episode of Cowboy Bebop here, and it's uh, it's got a lot of guns, a lot of guns going off in here. I mean, it felt like literally, it felt like like replacement killers or something like that, or a chat like Hard Boiled, maybe the end of Hard Boiled, where it's all the time, and it was quite loud. But let me go back. I I jumped all over the place, but the opening sets you up for this kind of different vibe it's almost again it's like cutting in and out of these kind of stills it's like it's moving every other you know five or six frames or something and it it kind of gives you this sense of foreboding and almost this horror element and then it turns into this action thing and then it just kind of goes crazy it just kind of goes into frankenstein batman batman's villains everything so and it's violent it's very violent it's very violent it's probably the most one of the most violent episodes, easily, I'd say. One of the top three most violent episodes. 
And Spike is really front and center here most of the way through this. But it's not like the last episode. I feel like the other characters are kind of there and they mean something. But I think this show is at its best. I think I've said this before back when we talked about episode four, maybe. I think the show is maybe going to be like a lot of things. It's probably at its best when the villain is as interesting as the hero. And, and, mm-hmm. that, and that's pretty pretty much a, a story requisite anyway for any really good story. I mean, if you're going to have white hat versus black hat, you got to have that black hat's got to be interesting too. There's got to be something you identify with. And they give you sympathy for this character in some way. Now, he's a madman, but they still give you something. And so by the time it gets to the end, I almost felt bad for the the uh, Tong Pu character because he doesn't understand anything other than what he's programmed to do, which is kill. That's that's all he does. So, and let's just say that the dog stuff, that dog robot, that that that's high on the creep factor for me. Okay, <laughs> dog robots. I, I, I didn't know that. Yeah. Did you remember that that kind of animatronic robot? Yeah. It's all shot up and it's falling down. It's doing like it's jerking and stuff, yeah. and the necks all turned around. Yeah. Man, that's nightmare fuel. I don't need to see that in my life. <laughs> like Five Nights at Freddy's or some kind of craziness, you know, which I played that kind of stuff with my son and stuff. So it doesn't scare me or anything. But I mean, that animatronic. Are you sure? I, you sound kind of scared, Sam. I do. I'm, maybe I am. But some people are scared of those animatronic things, right? Those kind of robotic. Th- I didn't like the Chuck E. Cheese stuff back when that was popular growing up. I didn't like going and seeing that stuff. I thought it was kind of creepy. When they blink and stuff, <laughs> I don't know if it's as creepy as the people that dress up as the characters, but it's creepy enough. I was gonna say, what's more creepy, Chuck E. Cheese animatronics or furries? Well, I mean, furries, uh, furries, the furries like, there's, there's yeah. something else going on there too. <laughs> At least with furries, I feel like you'd have a good time. Oh, yeah, okay. true, yeah. true. Even if you don't participate, you could at least watch. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. true. <laughs> You're making a mess in that suit, regardless. So, <laughs> always, always the pragmatic Sammy. Yep. Yeah, you gotta, you, you know, you gotta take the good with the bad. Uh, I don't think animatronics you can do that. You know, you don't want, <laughs> you don't want robots and stuff touching uh, tender areas. Uh, yeah. True. <laughs> no sense of uh, touch there. But no, this is this might be my favorite episode of of the whole series, and it's probably because I, I am a fan of the extreme. Uh, we know this. Anybody that's listened to me over the years, uh, I know Troy knows that from stuff we've talked about over the years. Um, I just find when things are amped up, I am more interested. It might not be very realistic, but I just, I really, it really tickles the parts of my body. that needs to tickle like a furry does, I guess. Bring it, bring it all back. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, all right, Troy, what, uh, what about you, sir? How, what was your initial reaction? Were you waiting for a clown in this episode? Uh, yeah, (laughs) well, Sammy's right. I mean, it's it's the penguin and the Joker kind of mixed, and um, I it, I find this episode terrifying, yet uh, a lot of fun to watch, uh, just with all the action and everything to it. But yeah, I mean, the, it, Sammy nailed it. There, there's such a huge horror element that goes through this thing, and there's a lot of style to it, but uh, it, it's very unsettling. And I I feel there is a line in there. Because the, the whole premise is they're doing experiments on this character um, and he starts to become this killing machine, but he's regressing. And there's a line about, you know, there's nothing more dangerous than a child with, you know, this type of um, 
ability because there's nothing as pure and cruel as children. That's what it is. Yeah. And that, that line just kind of hit me and it was like, holy cow, because I, I don't know, this thing is like pulling from, and probably just my brain going through a Rolodex of, Hey, that uh, whole parade of animatronic things or whatever reminded me of something from uh, what was that anime paprika? I think you guys covered that mm-hmm. on the paprika. GGT- yeah, GGTMC. Yeah. And and then I'm thinking about that line, and I'm like, oh yeah, um, what's that one where the island where all the kids start killing people who could kill a child or something? Uh, the Italian yeah. film. Who, who, who can who can kill a child? Yeah, yeah. that's what's called. So who I, can kill a child? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm feeling all these elements kind of being packed into this episode of like, yeah, what what is the scariest thing that you don't expect? Which is this circus carnival, children aspect clowns all packed into this one super interesting character. And let's face it, this character is there for one episode, but it it's so big in terms of personality and uniqueness, it could carry an entire season of a TV show. I mean, we've talked about yeah. this, like these villains in in this series are so memorable and it's incredible that you only get them for, for one episode, but man, does it pack a punch. And, yeah. and I think it was because of the last episode. This is where I was sort of going with that comment. S- Spike in this one, I really start to see a little bit of his vanity and ego coming out in this. I want to win no matter what the cost is. And, and that kind of surprises me because that's not very heroic per se. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I like Spike. I like what he can do. But I, I am starting to sense this thing with Spike, especially with this episode, where he gets something in his head. And you see it with Julian and stuff like that, how emotionally he acts. But there's something with this guy's ego or this, this something with winning that he just can't let go of. Uh, and that really comes through. And this was the first episode I really thought Spike wasn't going to make it. So, um, And it was towards the end. Uh, but... I just, I loved it. I thought it was tense. It was pretty damn thrilling. Uh, I I was so impressed with this whole thread and they're setting up this character and he's so dangerous and you hear this entire backstory, which feels like something out of Clockwork Orange. And then you get to that showdown and how it pans out, I thought was just freaking brilliant. And then Jet calls him and he's like, hey, I got some information for me. He's like, don't care, don't need it. Um, but this this is to me, uh, I, I I'm kind of with you guys. It it's probably my favorite because it's perfectly paced, and all of these little plot points and story elements that they're introducing through the episode has this amazing payoff at the end of it, which I absolutely loved. Um, the the only the only criticism I'll give is that yes, I got this sort of Batman animated series vibe in the actual animation style. And in my head, I'm like, Did, is this not as good a quality drawn as the episodes before it? I, I actually don't think it looks as good as some of the other episodes. And I'm not saying that I don't like the Batman animated series. I, I think that series looks beautiful, but in comparison to the other animation leading up to this one, it just feels a little off. Mm. I don't know if you guys got that. It, there's something slightly off kilter about it. I don't know, but, but it, it, it's such a staple of this episode. I almost think it's on purpose for it to look that way. 
Let me just say that though, I gotta say this again, the Tonku character. I'm not a tattoo guy. I see Brad's got some tattoos there. <laughs> I'm not a tattoo guy at all. Never was, never, never will be. But if I could get a tattoo of Tonku, I might do it. <laughs> wow. It's creepy, I, I would pay for that. Yeah. I'll pay for it. <laughs> Don't know where I'd put it. Uh, uh, but you know. We'll figure that out later. Um okay, for me, uh, like I said before, this is up to this point, probably my favorite uh, episode. I love a villain with a with a tragic backstory. I'm a sucker for um, yeah. having some sort of sympathy for the bad guy. Um, I I, I kind of like that. Uh, just being able to feel sympathy for the person you, you're supposed to hate the most, um, and there's just something about the Tong Fu character that is riveting. Um, but brutal and it, it, it really makes you wonder if, if Spike is going to survive this episode. I've seen this episode probably six or seven times and I still kind of wonder like, do they kill Spike in this one? Like, cause it yeah, feels I, like I thought they it, would it's do going that. to, yeah. and you know, like you were saying, Troy, Spike has no reason to go to the playland. Like, he gets an invite. Like, obviously he knows who it's from. Like it, there's, there's not like, it's not a big secret, but he goes anyway. Um, he's got to have that. Um, he's got to have that revenge. He's got to go in, 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 and get into it with this guy. Um, and like I said before, we do get those answers of why, um, but that's his character and that's who we've come to see. And Spike is, you know, usually pretty laid back and reserved on certain aspects. Uh, there are times when we've seen him become super violent and super aggressive, uh, but here he's injured. Um, so he can't really be, um, so he can't sleep on the fact that Faye kind of comes and helps in this episode um, in, a, in a good time. Um, Ed has her moment as well. And then Jet has his moment. So there's every, everyone kind of gets their little moment to do something um, as a crew to kind of defeat this guy. Now, ultimately, you know, Faye and, and Spike kind of defeat this guy, but it's almost out of luck. Um, I like how they, they kind of hint at the cat at the very beginning of the episode in the alley. Um, he hears that cat. And you're like, why didn't he just shoot Spike there? And then as the episode goes on, you learn like, oh, there's a cat while he was getting experimented on. Uh, it kept looking at him and all this stuff. That's why he's got this thing with cats. Um, you know, everybody's got a weakness regardless. Um, and then, you know, the, and you know, I'm not a big cat guy too. So I think that that would, uh, that would be my weakness as well. Um, but this is just like a real dark, violent uh kind of like a terminator like that first terminator movie where it's just this guy who feels like he can't be defeated and it's just mowing people down um yeah this one's got like a body count of like 12 or something like that it's pretty high yeah. um <laughs> you know i love that shootout in the alley to open it where those guys were just getting out of the car and you're like oh this is very like feels very Art Deco, very like we said, Batman animated series. You're just like, wow, this is uh, this is great. Um, of course, it gets way more violent than Batman ever did. So it's kind of, I don't know, maybe Mask Mask of the Phantasm level. 
Um, it, it did feel that I think out of all the things it reminded me of, it reminded me of the the back end of Mask of the Phantasm, you know, where they're they're having the big battle in yeah. the amusement park and it's done here just, you know, ramped up to, you know, R rated. So Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, man. Like I, I I love this episode. There there was a part of me, I finished it um today and I had about thirty minutes before we started tonight. I was like, should I just watch it again? Because I really want to <laughs> watch it again. Um, it's just that good. Like it's so good. Yeah. There's even like some pink Floyd yeah. in there. I think it's like brain damage yeah. within the, the research facility. Um, now do we have a problem with the knife getting through the sort of force fields or do we, can we say, well, it's not a bullet, it's a knife. Maybe it's got a different sort of energy well, again, or something. Yeah. Again, this, this is why I probably asked the question. I didn't quite understand why bullets, weren't able to get through, but a knife is able to hit him right in the leg. Uh, I, I just didn't quite understand it. So I didn't really know maybe if his suit lost energy or what, because it seemed like he could fly a little bit. He could certainly mm -hmm. float. Uh, maybe that had to do with the umbrella. I don't know, but I, I'm, I'm willing to overlook it. I'm willing to overlook it. Uh, yeah. It's very much a Western type thing to kind of go back to the primal weapon. Can't yeah, yeah exactly. I think that might have something to do with it, too. Yeah. I, I mean, there's there's parts of this that feel like a Western in some ways. You know, the hat and uh, the fact that our our lead is trying to be heroic, but it's kind of getting into that question, that questionable ground of, you know, is is he really being heroic or is he just being evil himself to get what he wants out of this? Yeah, that that, that I think that's why I like this episode so much. Is, um, I, I mean, I'll go out on a limb here. I I have this deep feeling, especially from the last episode in this one. In six episodes, we got six episodes left. Is that right? Yeah. I don't yep. think I'm gonna really like Spike in six episodes. Um, I I just I see this element of him where he will risk those around him to win, and every and and I I don't know. There's something there's something that's bugging me about Spike all of a sudden where it's a um like i'm i'm a full fay fan i love jet i i actually love ed now of course ein is the best character but but there's some there's something so selfish about spike and and i know it's kind of been there but i've been able to kind of shake it off a little bit but for him to just like almost yep. die they come to his rescue they they wrap him up Faye's like making fun of him being a mummy and then they're doing all this stuff to protect him and Spike is just basically going, yeah, uh, I, I, what, are you going to come save me? I mean, he's kind of making fun of them to a certain extent, uh, you know, telling Faye, would you going to rush in and save me from, you know, at the last minute, et cetera. And Jet's trying to run this information down. I feel like everybody's trying to work to save Spike, but Spike isn't, doesn't really care if he lives or dies. And I, I, I'm not, I'm not so sure I like that element. I, I don't know if he's that heroic um, if that makes sense. Mm. No, it makes sense. It makes sense to me. But, but that's why uh, I like it. I'm, I, I, you yeah. know, here's, here's your hero of your story. And I'm like, I don't know if he's so much of a hero to be quite honest. Like, I feel like the other, everybody around him has, has way better character. And, and this guy is super flawed to, to a, a degree. Yeah. He's very selfish. I think that's a good word. He seems to be very selfish. Yes. And maybe I would have attached that word to Faye originally, 
but I think she's more fractured and damaged. Mm-hmm. And Spike is the one that knows what he's doing. Yeah, I, I think I, I I think that's spot on. Like the difference between Faye and Spike is Faye's trying to figure it out. And yeah. she's found a family and she does that reactionary, like, do I trust him? Can I not trust them? And she's stumbling her way, but every time I think she gets better from her mistakes. And whereas Spike, I just <laughs> I'm I'm wondering, like, does Spike have a conscience? I, I don't know. I don't I don't know if that comes through. Like I know he has an ego. That's front and center. Sure. But yeah. I, I mean, go. outside of that, I I'm I don't know. I, it just every I watch one of these episodes and then I go back and think about these other episodes of the spike and jet exchange um, when they would have an argument or something. And I'm like, man, I'm starting to see this side of spike where I'm just like, man, it, he's, he's not he's not winning me over. You got six more episodes, buddy. All right. Let's, let's not hold. Let's not make a judgment on someone until we're we're, we're done. I know. So. I know. And okay. I'm, I'm, um, I I get it. What did What did you guys think um, at that scene, at the very end? Our bad guy, who's this menacing character, on the ground, knife in his leg, screaming for mommy as a child. Essentially, I find that <laughs> so tragic. And yeah, it's it's difficult. I I mean I. I have a hard time kind of, I don't know. There's just something again about this innocence loss sort of deal with this character that yeah. uh, it's difficult to deal with. Uh-huh. Well, I think good art makes you question some of your thoughts on certain things. Like it's very easy to be knee jerk and say, okay, this guy's a, a serial killer. Uh, certainly he deserves the, the electric chair. It's very easy to say that. And then you start finding more and more out about them and realizing that, again, I'm not saying one way or another, maybe some people do deserve the electric chair, but I mean, they're made. I don't, I don't, I don't, I think killers and villains are made. I don't think they're just, I'm not one that subscribes to the fact that they're born that way. Um, but maybe they are, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But I think that good art makes you question those things. And I felt this weird, disturbing empathy for this character, screaming mommy, almost kind of like I felt this strange empathy for like Brad Pitt screaming, what's in the box? You know, I mean, it's just, it's just a moment of, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, I was confused for a minute. Like, it was like, why am I feeling this way? You know, but I opened myself up for it. And uh, I think it's a nice touch. It's kind of weird. Uh, but I like that. I think I, I like that aspect of the way they handle the villain here. I, I well, and I think it's also what makes me feel like, dang it, Spike. I'm not sure I like you right now. <laughs> so, um, I, I don't know. Like I said, yeah. it's I I I think it when you use that term, we probably overused it. The chef's kiss. If if you're kind of judging Spike on his actions up to this point, to be fair, Spike does not kill him. Uh, I understand. <laughs> But there, there's two, them. yeah. There's two things to it. A, it's fantastic because if you think about where the story was leading, uh, all the way up from a narrative standpoint, I think it's a perfect payoff. That you know, all you had to do was basically just wound him, and he's never been hurt before, and he doesn't know how to handle that emotionally because he's a child, and he just falls down. I thought, yeah, I, I mean, that was, and they hint at that through um, his backstory. And man, what a payoff. Like it's one of my favorite payoffs I've seen 
of where they're just dropping little breadcrumbs and then boom, it has an awesome payoff and you go, makes perfect sense. But at the same time, I think when you're kind of going, well, why is Spike being so selfish and egotistical and he wants to win? And then this happens. And to your point, Sammy, you start feeling a little empathy. It, you, you don't, you're like, okay, Spike, you won, but at what cost kind of thing. So, well, and, and to be fair, Spike doesn't know, have any context of who this guy is. Now, Jet was going to tell him who he was. Yeah, but I, I, so let me ask you this. I mean, they're intentionally giving you more information than what Spike has. So you're making a judgment call in the situation on all the information. So I'm looking at this and going, oh, wow, I, I do feel empathy for this character. I got to see what Spike did. I, I knew this information. Spike didn't have this information. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm only making the call based on what I know of, like, how the story unfolds. And I don't think it – like I said, Spike is still part of this crew – but I'm not I'm not buying the spike T-shirt the way I am everybody else in in the <laughs> ship I guess the Tong Poo T-shirt <laughs> I'm not I'm not necessarily buying the Tong Poo I'm not getting a Tong Poo tattoo I'm still getting an Ein tattoo if I I'm with you I, tattoos needles eh, not my thing um, but you know I don't know it just it made me feel weird like I, what I love about this episode is I mean talk about a gray episode it's also out of all the episodes we've seen. Um, I, I wonder, I, and I haven't read anything about the live action series. Like to me, I feel like this is the one that Netflix would struggle with in trying to copy or do mm. out of all of them. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I don't know. Again, I don't know what angle they're taking. I, 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 think. Yeah, I don't know what, like what rating they're shooting for either. Like if it's a, or if this guy's going to show up, I, I think I yeah. saw him in the trailer. Um, but yeah, I mean, if if they bring him in, I I would I would be shocked if they even like hit seventy five percent of the story beats in this one. Yeah, it's a high bar for this character. I mean, I I, I love when your villain has layers of complexity and they're just not evil for evil's sake. Mm-hmm. Like Michael Myers is a great character. Don't get me wrong, but having some complexity in some bad guys is 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 nice. Um, yeah, well, I mean, slasher characters are that's yeah whole, different. That's it's totally different. different. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah, the whole point of a slasher character is just you know, I mean, it's just it is the boogeyman, man. So didn't you, didn't you listen to Anthony Michael Hall? <laughs> did Did you guys I forget so, what he's? I'm trying to remember what he says about don't do it. evil. Don't you do it? Dying? <laughs> nope. Mm-mm. Mm. So this okay. this was most of the Cowboy Bebop episodes. I don't know how you, you guys felt. Brad, you've seen all these. This is probably a question more for Sammy. Um, usually when we watch these and I watch the two, it's killing me to not keep watching more because you just want to keep going. This one, I was okay with stopping and letting it sit with me for a while. Um, yeah. And even going back and rewatching it and going, I, I don't, I'm not ready to go to the next uh, one. I, I wanted this one to to sit for a little bit. Whereas most of them, I'm like, well, what's next? Where, where are we going next? What's next adventure? This one, I was... I felt more somber, like, yep, I want, I want to take a step back for a minute, which I, again, I think is a good response. Yeah. Yeah. I felt that way too. The only thing I, the only thing I did was I had a little bit of that Brad moment where I thought maybe I just want to watch that one again. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's well, that good. It's that good. This one has a definitive conclusion as well. A lot of the episodes, they do leave a little breadcrumb for what's coming next, but this one is like, no, he's dead. He did. Yeah. Yeah. Or he's dead. He is dead. Um, 
which you know even the death of this when you're just like oh man they couldn't just kill him they had to crush him uh animatronic dog or something i don't know yeah yeah (laughs) oh god that was the big dog the little dog is the one that freaked me out the big dog freaked me out too but the big dog wasn't jerking around on the ground (laughs) um do we have anything else to say about this episode i would all i think we would all definitely say this is in our top three right oh absolutely it's not our favorite yeah yeah Yeah. easily easily it's this one it's episode four and it's the uh the you just said that because i said that episode four would be in your top five so shut up no i mean i'm just thinking the (laughs) the first three that come to mind are those three episode four this foul to fallen angels has got to be on there too yeah, I really like, uh, was it Ganymede? Is that what they call it? The one where he goes back to his home planet, Jet Black? I really like that one. Ganymede Elegy? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I, I can say the episode four and this one are my, like, one and two. Um, I, everything else I'd really have to go back and watch again, which I will <laughs> to kind of <laughs> make a definitive list. But, um, man, I just, I, 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 didn't, I didn't expect this one. I really didn't expect, I, I can't, I probably say this every time we get together, I am constantly surprised where this series takes you. You can't expect where it takes you. It's yeah. it's refreshing. Yeah. Does a really good job with that. Okay. So for next episode, um, we will be talking about session 21, Boogie Woogie Feng Shui Ooh. in episode 22, Cowboy Funk. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I like that one. Yeah. So <laughs> that's going to be my new favorite one right there. Just yeah, based on the time. Weird. We are T minus six episodes to the end. So we are getting down to the very end. We are days away from uh, the live action uh, series coming out. We are going to wait. Um, we are all committed to at least the movie at this point. Um, you got to, you got to see the movie at the end. Yes. Um, and then we'll, we'll probably do the the Netflix series just because. Um, yeah. Why not? It gives us an excuse to get together, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Of course. Exactly. Yeah. That's all I need. I don't even need Cowboy Bebop. We could just sit around and talk about, I don't know, Evil Dine tonight. Yeah, what we bought this week. Cause yeah, we talk about that a lot. Oh, man. Or we talk about the fact that this is coming out. So, well, <laughs> hey, hey Brad, you'll be proud. So, Cowboy Bebop, I, I took your advice, and I think it came out this week. The Neon Genesis mm-hmm. Evangelion. Yep. Is that what it's called? Evangelion. Evangelion. I don't know. So I bought it. I bought the whole series because you said it was really good. So I trust you. I trust you. Hell, I I would, I would walk you guys through that series too. I've I've seen, that's actually my favorite anime. Oh, okay. Well, I'm excited. I'm not touching that until I'm done with this one. Yeah. Yeah. Please don't. Okay. Uh, Yeah. So thank you all for listening. Uh, uh, Troy. Yes. We have something very interesting going on this month on our main feed what is that oh so we're done with spooky season and we went through the list of suggestions and we thought november should be about bombs like the the big epic bombs that you and i have never seen popping our cherry bombs yes so we went through and we picked four films Uh, you picked two and i picked two and the whole idea of it was hey these usually make like the list of worst movies ever and definitely the biggest financial bombs. And we haven't seen it. And they've come through on our suggestion feeds, either through social media, email, something of that nature. And we're like, well, let's do those. So we just finished with uh, Sammy. Now, Sammy had seen this one before, but he he wanted to jump in on the discussion. And I got to say, it's one of my favorite episodes we did. I mean, it 
it, from a conversation standpoint, I didn't expect it to go um, the places it did, and it was a lot of fun. Surprisingly, the Postman is very poignant in 2021. That shocked me, man. But um, anytime you can talk about like current politics and Mr. Magoo and Kevin Costner in this podcast, I, I think it's a win. I think the Mr. Magoo element's the one that surprised me the most. Yeah, me too. <laughs> especially especially how far it's panned out. Uh, for those who don't know, it's went further behind the scenes. Yes. Um, my copy will be here tomorrow. Um, but yeah, uh, it, so we did the Postman, and then we're getting ready to talk Ishtar. I think that was your pick, Brad. That is my pick. Sammy is going to be back for pick number three, which is Heaven's Gate, which we just learned today. <laughs> it's like four freaking hours and... I, I two twenty, two hours and tw- like two hundred and twenty minutes or something like that. Wow. Okay. Didn't I don't know. know what's wrong with me too. I don't know why. Yeah, I'm you thinking. signed up. You volunteered. Yeah, you volunteered. Like, you, could, you could do could've, whatever. Could have done Ishtar. I don't know yeah. why. Have you have you seen Heaven's Gate before? I have. Yeah, oh, okay. All right. I don't. I don't know that I've seen the Michael Cimino cut that I think is on the blue. I think it's on the Criterion disc. Okay. Which I think is the longer cut. Yeah, that's that's what we're watching. Oh, yeah, that's what you want. You want longer. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then we were rounding out the month with a Michael Mann film that totally bombed, Black Hat. So, oh, yeah. Which I've never, which I've never seen. I, I, and I've been meaning to see it because I know quite a few people who like it. Um, I On that one, I think the director's cut is actually considered to be way better. I know they do that's some stuff. Uh, so, yeah. So, Michael Mann is probably in my top five directors of all time. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I love Michael Mann. Well, I get to take that one off the to watch pile. Cause I've it's been sitting there for like a year. Or something, same, so I'm excited. Same. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Story of our lives. I know. <laughs> no, but that's, that's no guys worse man. than me. I usually, when I buy stuff, it's like, I'm watching it as soon as I get it. You all. Oh, not me, man. I'm sitting on New York yeah. Ninja and I gotta, I gotta move that up the list. It's you just, need to wait for us. It's one of those things, man. I just, I, I get a bunch of discs and I'm like, okay, I'm going to set them right next to where I'm set primarily, where I spend my time. And I'm going to watch these in the order I bought them. <laughs> that never happens. Never happens. I end up watching something I've already seen. <laughs> or end up going on a streaming service or something. I don't know what's wrong with me. I, I, I really don't. I'm I'm worried now with this Mr. Magoo purchase. I'm watching. Like, oh so God. I also. Uh, if you watch Mr. Magoo before Lawrence of Arabia, there is something wrong with this world. Well, you know what also came in today was my Blu-ray copy of Wrongfully Accused with, uh, what was it, Big Bully? So, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I've already. And I'm going to watch Repossessed with Leslie Nielsen. I'm going through this Leslie Nielsen phase this month as a result of our discussion of Mr. <laughs> Goo, so yeah those lesser those lesser Nilsen yeah films. that's how my brain works it's like dude we're doing this right now november let's go i do the let's same go time yeah the same thing somebody will say you need to really check it. i'm like you know what i haven't that's why i did the Shyamalan thing which i haven't even started doing so that's what happened with the saw thing though brad started talking about saw and i'm like you know what yeah i'm still in the middle of those i haven't finished those yeah. yet oh you're gonna blame it on me yeah, we're going to watch Leslie Nielsen, but we're not going to watch Naked Gun. We're going to watch Mr. Magoo. <laughs> Directed by Stanley Tong of Rumble in the Bronx. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so thank you all for joining us. Sadly, we're only here for a few more weeks. Well, and then we're going to do a bunch of other stuff. So, yeah, we'll be around for a while. For yeah, we're not going anywhere. So, yeah. Thank you all for joining me, Sammy, Troy. Thanks. We'll see you next time. See you, Space Cowboy. Later. Later.